0: Hi, my name is Andrew and shamefully I've seen very few films. I am Citizen Lame, but that's all about to change. Each episode, my friends Dylan and Simon Streep will be battling it out to convince me to watch their movie of choice. Welcome to Citizen Lame.
1: He hasn't watched many movies he's a pop culture pariah if
2: he
0: says he's watched a the martian them, just assume he is a liar i must select your movie if you want to win the game his name is andrew known as citizen lane simon hello dylan. <laughs> <laughs> okay hello <laughs> hello dylan hi I didn't get a... I didn't know what it
2: was. Oh, no, <laughs> neither did I. That's me taking my gloves off. Uh, the gloves are off for the this round. gloves run. are off for this one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, does that mean I'm going to get slapped?
2: No, I don't think you're going to get
0: slapped. I think I, he's angling it towards me. Yeah. Oh. I've,
2: th- I've realized we're, what, the fifth episode into this season. Currently, it's equal standings. Mm. Dylan's won two episodes. I've won two episodes, which means we're both performing averagely. So my gloves are off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to battle it out so that I can just have the, you know, the cut above Dylan this whole episode. It sounds like it's going to be a good one. I'm going to take <laughs> the high road and uh, leave my gloves
0: on. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm successful, Kerr, next episode, next week, pants are coming on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, guys, as is tradition, uh, I've got a question for you to start the show. And the question for this episode is, what's your tolerance or tendency to talk in a film? Ooh, are we talkers or not talkers? I don't like talkers and I don't
3: think I'm a talker because that'd be a weird combo. (laughs) Are we talking in the cinema, general movie,
0: at home? Let's say the cinema for now.
3: So the cinema, I really don't like talkers. Um, Simon has been witness to me getting annoyed with people talking during the kind of trailers (laughs) and adverts for whiskey and banks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I have one occasion that springs to mind where I'd gone to watch, I think, Black Swan... Ooh. and um, three ladies behind me nattering <laughs> nattering and, uh, yeah they were having a, a good old natter but that's because it, was... it had nattery portman in it <laughs> <laughs> well no that's a good joke but uh, in the situation they apparently didn't know what film they were even seeing it was one of those oh, what film were we even seeing like oh my <laughs> goodness, that yeah. kind
0: of thing they go to the cinema that often but they don't know what films they Yeah,
3: it's just a nice dark place to have a chat with your friends for them <laughs> yeah. it seems so it was towards the end of the adverts and I was getting a little irritated Itchy, you know, a little, uh, are they going to keep talking? They've set a precedent now and then the film came on and that that's when the talking kind of kicked up a notch oh, kicked up a notch kicked up a notch wow well maybe it didn't but all the other talkers had stopped because <laughs> they're you know decent human beings yeah. these three continued i think there was mention of like we should go for sushi later that kind of thing and um i just turned around in a moment of breaking the mold because i yeah. wouldn't usually be this confrontational but i just turned around and just stared at them yeah and they were in the road directly behind me and the one woman in the middle was kind of. (laughs) like, ooh, and then I just kept staring, and then she kind of was like, ooh, (laughs) and then they looked at each other, and kind of one of them went, and then they finished,
0: and I turned back, and my face was like boiling hot red. Yeah. But, oh, uh, but they know. couldn't see that. They couldn't see that. <laughs> they couldn't what, a brave, see what a brave thing to do because you, you then have to turn around and face away <laughs> from them with your back to them, which is like an incredibly vulnerable position. That's true.
2: I just don't know. I've seen Black Swan and there's a part in that film where I think she like pulls like a blood vessel out of her like wrist and up uh. her arm. And I'm like, you wouldn't be watching that and going, uh. I feel like sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like talking in the cinema, but I also don't particularly like talking when you're on your home ground. Because there's still a little bit of naturing that can happen depending on the clientele that you've invited around to watch the movie. Sure. And like when it's your own uh, spouse or significant other, then you kind of at least probably can navigate that through your relationship and (laughs) get it down to a stage where everyone's behaving appropriate considering each other's needs. So right now, you know, I like every now and again to crack a good joke. During a film. Okay. But uh, my lovely wife sometimes doesn't appreciate me <laughs> batting in between lines and we'll kind of go like, all right, pause it if you want to <laughs> get it for jokes. off your, your chest. And so, you know, we've sort of figured that out in a way that we can both have <laughs> our cakes and eat it, yum, 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 instead of popcorn. Uh, but obviously, you don't have that same relationship in the cinema with the strangers. Or the
0: ability to pause. No, you can't. <laughs> I have a confession to make. I think that I was a talker so you haven't seen films yeah but (laughs) I was the sort of person who would go Okay, no, this bit's
1: funny. <laughs> oh <at> no! <laughs> yeah. There's
3: nothing worse yeah. than the pressured this bit's funny. <laughs> oh, there is something worse because at
2: least that's vocalized. What's worse is when the person doesn't say anything but just keeps on turning and looking at you. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been that guy too. I mean. <laughs> I think that's
3: better. At least he's not a talker in that situation. I think it's okay if it's, you know, a really bombastic film that's kind of silly and there's not many people in the cinema. Yeah.
2: The odd comment every, 15 minutes or so I think is kind of fine okay a joke every 15 minutes
3: yeah Yeah. especially when the movie was like 3 hours long (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of the rate that a lot of modern comedies are are, uh, doing these days
0: whoa bazinga (laughs) my problem though
2: is I've had it where someone is totally obeying the rules of the cinema but their reaction to what they're seeing on screen is so audible that it's distracting so like the laughs Are big laughs and like if it's like a slightly like whoa
3: kind of moment you're literally here (gasps) coming from behind you well i expected a more lively audience when i went to watch i think the force awakens (laughs) you know it was about 20 years or so since we'd seen star wars and it was coming out and you know i took my lightsaber along yeah turned it on during the like just before the movie expected some chairs or other lightsabers to ignite. Just one guy from the back. Turn your lightsaber off.
0: (laughs) Alrighty, let's begin. Here's how it works. Dylan and Simon have each chosen a different film and will be competing against each other in an effort to get me to watch their film of choice. The plot twist is, I don't know what movie they've each chosen. Each round, they'll pitch an aspect of their film in order to convince me, by any means they can, that their film is better than the other. After 5 rounds, the person with the most points will reveal the name of the film which I have inadvertently chosen to watch. And then I actually have to watch it. But first, let's talk about last episode's winner.
2: Nah, we don't we don't have to talk about and the thing is, I've been thinking about this for a whole week and Suicide Squad is the film that won. I got it through to Andrew, Suicide Squad, sorry, and it's, you know, it's quite a violent movie and it's been keeping me up at night thinking of innocent Andrew watching a person getting torn in two. I'm just, we don't have to do this section if we don't really want to. We can just move on. Well, I'm, I'm all ears,
3: actually. <laughs> I'd love to know what Andrew,
0: the esteemed critic, thought of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> right, well. I've divided this up into highlights and (laughs) lowlights. I'm I'm trying a new format. All right. Just for the listeners, you know, there may be some spoilers in this section. So skip ahead if you are not wanting to hear them. Fair enough. Let's start with the highlights. I was so excited when I saw that Flula Borg makes an appearance almost immediately. He's a YouTuber. Is he the party pooper guy? Yes, he is. Yeah, I do know who he is. Most certainly German. And then they killed him immediately. Uh, Another highlight was... The rat, yeah. the little rat friend doing a, a kind of a uh, squeak, uh, you know, when the shark spat, I know, doesn't, spat out. <laughs> That's a big highlight. It doesn't bode well <laughs> yeah. for me if yeah. that was a highlight <laughs> like that. <laughs> I liked the idea of those crazy fish All in, right. in the aquarium um, prior to what they became. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> King sharks only friends. I love how chilled the shark was just like all the time. (laughs) And he was just so relaxed, you know, and like not phased. Was it refreshing seeing how his leg situation worked? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was surprising. (laughs) I don't really know how that happened. Um, But he seemed to have the legs and and brain of a human. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it was shark. And the jorts of John Cena. And the jorts of John Cena, (laughs) even though John Cena was a separate character. And then, of course, Taika Waititi makes an appearance. Yeah. As a sort of drug-addled uh, homeless person. <laughs> um, that's the end of the highlights. Okay.
3: I think I've discovered a little uh, secret for future episodes. Yeah. Taika Waititi is in this film that you can recognize for about 30 or 40 seconds. <laughs> if that's a highlight,
0: I'm picking a Taika Waititi film in the future. <laughs> Let's move on to the lowlights.
2: Oh, yeah, we don't need to. So so dumb, it's running, we're running like uh, very late right now. People don't want this episode to be
0: over an hour. You know, you yeah, just... okay. So I hated that the, the, <laughs> the when, when Boomerang sliced the guy's head. Over. Like I hated when they just do that slicing effect and okay. then the head,
3: half the head like oh, slowly slides falls off. to the ground. You hate it because it's dumb or because you hate the violence of I it? I hate
0: the violence of it. It's I just know. like horrendous. And It's, it's not so... how you want to see heads removed. And it's so slow and painful. and Oh my goodness. Are you, anyway. just, you, you just want to... Old-fashioned guillotine. Is that if you're gonna
2: decapitate someone, that's what Andrew wants. No,
0: I want the violence off-screen and just the sound effect. You know, that's I can handle that. Why did they just have a naked dude? For no like he wasn't a main character, he was just on the side and he was naked. In the rebel camp. Yeah. Yeah. Some nice eye candy. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh I only such a square, Andrew. I only realized. That this was a horror film when it is a horror film. It's they, not a horror it, film. It is a horror film. And and I realized that when the massive starfish is dragging Greaves, the brainiac dude, yeah. down, that is such a horror trope, <laughs> is the kind of grabbing the oh, thing yeah. and pulling Nails. them down on screen. Yeah. And then I suddenly realised, no, this is actually a horror <laughs> film. So thank you for that. <laughs> Back-end horror film slipped in. Yes. Oh, I, I don't think anyone other than Andrew would refer to this film as a horror film, but fair enough. They would be wrong. And then just to round out the lowlights, I mean, that, that heart shot where like he gets kind of stabbed through the heart yeah. and then they're like, no, that's not enough. We're going to show you the heart being (laughs) stabbed from inside the body. I didn't mind that, but it was weird that it
3: only happened that one time. Yeah. One of those weird stylistic things. If you're going to show that, show it at least three times
0: throughout the film. Well, I mean- Or none
3: in your case. Yeah, or none. I mean, it
0: it was shocking- and so maybe they got what they wanted, I guess. But I mean, if you took the violence out of the film, Andrew, you, you were left with a charming tale. Yeah, you were left with the, almost
2: nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're left with the heart of the film, which is stabbed by a yeah. kitchen tile. <laughs> so um, overall, you know, there were some funny moments, but I mean, just way too much gore for me. And I gave it a five out of 10.
3: I'll take it. Uh, For me, I've seen it twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, What? What? Once at the big screen and once on a smaller screen. Why? Why would you watch it a second time? Oh, because I I liked it. I'm not afraid on this podcast and in front of you to say that I enjoyed a film, even though it had its flaws. Mm. And I will say this. One of the biggest pros of the film is also an annoying flaw for me, which is that whole massive big misdirect in the beginning. It's great. It works really well. But we don't watch this film in a vacuum and Deadpool 2 did it better ah. and first. And I think they did it and their thing was called uh, X-Force. Yeah. And these guys are called Task Force X. <laughs> so it's like it's hard not to draw parallels. And also some of those characters. And again, this is to make it work. You really like the characters. Like you said, Flew LeBorg. Yep. He's fun. I actually enjoyed uh, Captain Boomerang from the previous film, Suicide Squad. Uh, I don't think Andrew will have seen that one either. I think I might give it a miss. And so you get those characters, and Michael Rooker's character is quite fun, except he's a bit of an ass to birds. Yeah. Um, but actually, this whole movie isn't particularly fair to birds. Because true. later
2: on, they're just set an Avery, like, yeah. for what no reason. Yeah,
3: very How strange. How did I forget that? <laughs> Cheapers. Anyway, so while it does work, it's like, oh, I could have seen a bit more of those characters. I will say that the scene in the rebel camp is very funny, where the two of them are kind of one-upping each other while they kill off all these dudes who then turn out to be the good guys (laughs) rick flag now this is a point that i wanted to flag yeah um there's a scene where towards the end they're all kind of half of them are looking for a hard drive and peacemaker doesn't want the hard drive to get out and obviously um amanda waller doesn't want the hard drive to get out but rick flag just kind of walks into some room and opens some cupboard and (laughs) takes out the hard drive and he's like the government doesn't want this nobody was like how the hell did you know yeah, where that yeah, was yeah. or what it is? Yeah. Uh, is it like in a computer? He just pulls it out. <laughs> He's like, this is
2: the hard drive, everybody. Don't think about it. <laughs> they eventually one day you're going to open it up. It's just going to be pictures of cats.
3: <laughs> it's so strange. And no one's really talking about it either, like online. I watched a lot of reviews after this film and no one's really brought up the fact that this hard drive <laughs> is just lying there and he knows exactly
0: where to go find it. He didn't even look like through two cupboards and then <laughs> yeah. find it. Yeah, I mean, you know, my the PC at home, You know, there's no security around that. Yeah. It would take me 20 minutes to get the hard drive out. Exactly.
3: (laughs) And then lastly, um, Harley Quinn scene, I think you mentioned it as your The Scene last week, is super cool. Definitely stands out. Oh, hard
0: disagree on that. You didn't like it? Yeah, you built it up as this amazing flower scene. I mean there was still a lot of blood going on in the beginning I was expecting everything to be flowers no it's like there's flowers behind her it looked like she was farting flowers and then everything everything in front of her was just blood look if
3: her farting flowers made it more easy for you to watch then that's what it was don't know if it did well anyway it kind of echoes her prison break scene in Birds of Prey
0: and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn which I would also recommend well guys as I consider the feelings of love and hate and how brilliant acting can actually make me have a negative feeling towards a real person who is just doing their job i am reminded of the famous lyrics to the extremely famous song love to hate me by <laughs> black pink kind of sad that you always been like that see me making waves and you don't like that driving through your puddles going splish splash <laughs> splish splash splish splash you ain't worth my love if you only love to hate me poignant thank you but obviously that's you know, I didn't make that up. Yeah, that's pink, <laughs> pink and black. What? Pink, pink, black, pink, black, 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 pink. That's <laughs> black, pink. Anyway, all that to say is that I've asked the boys to suggest a film that has an actor you usually don't care for but love in this film. I see, I see. But you have
2: to love them in this film, so that's the hard part. Because otherwise, straight away, I'm going toby Maguire. <laughs> don't care for toby Maguire. I'd be quite happy if he was never in a film ever again. I'm Sure, he's a nice guy. Just this is a bit of weedy on the screen. It's a bit, of, bit, of, bit of a weedy man. A Bit of a weedy Spider Man. Um, <laughs> you don't even love him as Spider Man. Nah, don't. <laughs> the thing is, though, the thing is, though, like I don't think I've actually ever seen a film that has him in that's made me go, huh? All right, well uh, done, Toby. So he wouldn't fit this category. No, because I have, I have to. Has to be someone. So even someone like Kevin Hart, who I'd say when I first was exposed to Kevin Hart, didn't particularly love him, didn't have a huge heart for Kevin Hart. But over time, he's just, you know, warmed your heart. He has warmed it. And I'm like, okay. And now I actually would, quite proactively go that film's got Kevin Hart oh
0: I might go watch that I'm starting to dislike you <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to round one the star every movie has a main actor or actress someone who makes the character come alive and who draws you into the world of the film did you know that the most hated actors according to IMDb are <laughs> number three George Clooney number two Sandra Bullock And number one, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, that's right. I need to know one of the stars of your film and why you don't care for them. Simon. All right, he's been a gladiator in gladiator, a master and
2: commander in master and commander, (laughs) an American gangster in American Gangster, and he's even been Robin Hood in Robin Hood. That's right. He only takes on roles if they're in the title. He's a star of this film who actually, in this case, I usually don't care for. It's Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. (laughs) Good accent. (laughs) So... I mean the reason I don't like Russell Crowe, thanks for asking Andrew, is that (laughs) he's always seemed a bit laddish, but like in a kind of brawler kind of way. And if I'm going laddish, I don't want, you know, the laddish brawler. I want someone who's a muscly man, but has a bit of a charm, a bit of a kind face. Oh no, Channing Tatum. (laughs) Someone like Channing Tatum.
3: (laughs) Again with bloody Channing Tatum.
2: (laughs) Or even someone like The Rock. I'll settle for The Rock. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Yeah, Probably some sort of delicious bolognese. Can you smell what Russell Crowe is cooking? No, because the guy gave me COVID. <laughs> oh, the thing is, I think Crowe, in general, is a bit like dopey. He doesn't seem as enigmatic as some of these other sort of you know Hollywood tough men. And whilst I'm sure people can change and no one's perfect, my research has shown that my instincts about Russell Crowe are actually like spot on, and oh, that yeah. in real life. He is a bit of a brawler. The highlights 1988, he hit butts a co star. I mean, that can't be good, Andrew. 1999, fights in a nightclub. 2002, verbally assaults the producer who cut his BAFTA acceptance speech. Then, the same year, fights an owner of a rugby team in a bars bathroom. I mean, you don't get any more laddish than fighting (laughs) someone about rugby in a bathroom. 2004, fights his bodyguard. Clearly, not a very good bodyguard. (laughs) If you say what a winner that fight. 2005, throws a hotel telephone and hits a hotel employee in the face. Russell Crowe, (laughs) no! Anyways, I'm sure you're wondering, Andrew, why did I pick him then? Why did I pick him for this movie? It's because he plays this guy called Jackson Healy, who is a brawler and more specifically, a slightly washed up enforcer who basically is muscle for hire. So it's like the perfect casting. Everything that I do not like about Russell Crowe, Makes him perfect for this role. And then you throw in that he's actually genuinely really funny in this (laughs) film.
0: I do know who Russell Crowe is. Um, I think he's Australian. I think you're right. I think he's Australian. So I don't know if that's in his favor or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's certainly a fact.
3: Isn't your brother listening in Australia?
0: In New Zealand. It's very different, Dylan.
3: Sorry. (laughs)
0: Dylan, who do you have for me?
3: All right. Well, the star that I usually don't care for but love in this is in this. (laughs) But I'm going to keep that a bit of a mystery until later on. in fact for this round i've chosen to focus in on a smaller role but an important one nonetheless and even though his character in this film would argue against this i say he steals the scenes he's in the actor in question here has done it all romance drama adventure epics musicals war films voiceover for animated features comedy 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 (laughs) and comedy that's right the actor in question is mr john c Riley. okay This (laughs) this <laughs> Seems like the C stands for confused. <laughs> this esteemed man joins an esteemed club of actors who present themselves with a name and then an initial and then a surname. Other members include Samuel Jackson, Michael B. Jordan, William H. Macy, and the matching pair, Vivica A. Fox and Michael J. Fox. <laughs> this is clearly a far superior club than those who present themselves with just two initials and a name. Your TJ Millers, your Louis C.K.'s, your O.J. Simpsons. <laughs>
2: Do you, by any chance, when you did the research, find out what the C does stand for? Yes.
0: What is it? Can't remember. <laughs> John can't remember, Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, immediately makes me think of J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, an excellent yes, author. Th- that's another one. That's not in the clubs that I mentioned. J.K.
3: Rowling. Bad. Oh, yeah, bad. Yeah, two initials and a name. I and like to... No, look what she's done <laughs> post-Harry Potter. The thing is... Uh, Russell Crowe is also in some cool
2: clubs. Okay, I like to know what he has in common with Robin Williams, Taylor Swift, and Ethan Hawke. They've all put on fat
3: suits
1: and played <laughs> relatives <laughs> of
3: themselves. Correct! <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> no. Uh, the C stands for callback. <laughs>
0: <laughs> come on, come on. This one's easy. Robin Williams, Taylor Swift, and Ethan Hawke. Okay, well, Taylor... Robin Williams can sing, Taylor Swift is musical, so I'm going to guess it's something no, in the musical field. No, I've got it. It's
3: all mythological, isn't it? Yes. All bird celebrities. Other famous
2: celebrities with bird names obviously include oh. Orlando Bloom, <laughs> Steven Seagal, and Idris <laughs> Albatross. <laughs> oh my goodness. Kerr, I thought I'd provide you a very fun fact about Russell Crowe. Great. I love facts. For two or three years, and this is, this is true apparently, he kept on getting prank phone calls... From Michael Jackson. <laughs> what? <laughs> he would phone him up and tell him terrible jokes. No, no worries. No. This is not yeah, true. this is true. Apparently, he found out the name he stayed in in hotels. Oh. And so it didn't matter where he was. Uh, Michael Jackson would ring up and do that kind of like, is Mr. Wall there? Is Mrs. Wall there? <laughs> no. Are there any walls there? Then what's holding the roof up? Ha ha.
3: Hee Two very strange uh, (laughs) celebrities you don't expect to meet in a Venn diagram. No. Speaking of Michael Jackson and music, JCR, as I call him, is a big fan of music, (laughs) particularly blues and bluegrass. So much so that he has a band called John Riley and Friends, which is, you know, quite fun when people use... Why does he drop the C? Because it's a music thing now. (laughs) <laughs> think about it the c stands for casting <laughs> it's all his acting work as the c and they've performed all across america and here's a very short taste of their tiny desk concert performed on npr ooh
1: now darling i've tried i've never done wrong you, you know,
3: Shut up, John Riley <laughs> and friends. I like that kind of music, and it got me thinking about the song Man of Constant Sorrow, uh-huh. which uh, incidentally was one of the main influences for Simon and I even starting the Brother Streep in the first place. And I know we're not on the sounds round quite yet, but I was hoping that the three of us could try perform a little bit of that song together live. No effects, no polishing, just a little impromptu song. Andrew, you mentioned liking singing. I do. So I'll just get the guitar, shall I? Oh, very country. I am a man of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble all my day. I bid farewell kentucky the place where i was born and raised the place
1: where he was born and raised for six long years i've
2: been in trouble no pleasures here on
1: earth i found for in this way He has no friends to help him now It's fair well,
0: my old lover I never expect to see you again For I'm about to ride that northern railroad Perhaps I'll die upon this train
1: He'll
3: die this train. Woohoo! <laughs> Yeehaw! It's
2: so funny you said that John C. Reilly's in a band. Because my gloves are off this round, <laughs> Russell Crowe is also in a band and it's called 30 Odd Foot of Grunts. <laughs> <laughs> and I do not have a clip, but just imagine what that would sound like, eh? Let's all play it!
0: Nah, I'm joking. We, we don't have <laughs> Sure, guys. This is a tough one because both of the people that you've presented, I don't particularly care for either. (laughs) What I do care for is people who are in bands, right? You two, for example. Um, You know, I do care for 30 odd foot of grunts. (laughs) I haven't heard their music. It's a great band name. I very much care for bluegrass style music. Um, This is a tricky one. But, you know, just for the fact of enjoying the sing along, I'm going to have to give it to Dylan. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Moving on to round two, the setting. The location and year a film takes place sets the foundation for the story. I also looked up most hated places to shoot movies, but it substituted hate for extreme. So, here we go. Number three, The Lord of the Rings in New Zealand. Apparently that is extreme. Number two, Jaws in the Atlantic Ocean. Another extreme place. And number one, any guesses? Volcano. Not a volcano. Inside a volcano. Nope space Antarctic yeah you're kind of close it was Canada it was the (laughs) the revenant as you can tell not all foundations are created equal so tell me why I should choose yours Dylan
3: extra extra read all about it (laughs) spinning newspapers against blurry backgrounds to telegraph today's (laughs) time period that's right we're talking the 1920s new and shiny black fords and chryslers women with gloves up to their shoulders men with trench coats down to the ground and hats people wearing hats everywhere on the street in a hat in a club (laughs) in a hat brushing teeth in a hat jazz clubs gangsters those cameras that require a new light bulb every time you use the flash that's
0: right. It's the 1920s the roaring 20s as they were called i like uh, the mention of jazz club it reminds me of foster <laughs> <laughs> excellent it's always something with andrew nice <laughs> simon
2: my setting is hollywood baby <laughs> Woo-hoo! hollywood in the roaring 1977 <laughs> this is la guys this is where dreams come true and i feel like i have a particularly unfair advantage this round because the place where my film is set if it didn't exist we wouldn't be doing this podcast. There would be no <laughs> films. Everyone has to, at least on some level, appreciate Hollywood. So considering I've
3: clearly won this round. Because, oh, really?
2: Well, I obviously have because of Hollywood well, being... hold on. Well, I
3: uh, mean... Uh, let me take issue with that. If the 1920s never existed, I believe <laughs> no other time would exist either. And what will we be doing then? <laughs> well, Hollywood existed in the 1920s, I think.
2: Don't look it up. But anyway, because I thought we should celebrate this idea... Of hollywood uh-huh. it would be nice to feel like we were hollywood producers so what we're gonna do yikes <laughs> is play some movie boulder dash that's right before the show i gave all three of us the name of an existing film all we needed to do was describe what we thought the film would be about so i'm going to read out the descriptions including the real description of the actual film and it's up to each of us to say what we think the real description is and i got these movies off boulder dash cards so we might as well score using boulder dash points which means One point is given to a player for every vote their answer earned. Two points are given to each player who correctly guesses the real answer. And three points are awarded to any player who writes an answer very similar to the real answer. Now, I know all of you are thinking, but Simon, Mm -hmm. if you compile this together, you clearly know what is wrong and what's right. I've been thinking that. Yeah. No. I got my good and trusty pause the movie wife to collate all of our input together. So I have no idea what is right and what is wrong. right trusty producers first up is a film called all the marbles is this a sequel to the romantic comedy most of the marbles (laughs) (laughs) is it a psychiatrist wrongfully admitted to a mental institution utilizes his fellow inmates abilities in a daring attempt to escape or an all-girl wrestling tag team travels across america or finally is it the playground can be a lucrative place Especially for the son of a mob boss.
3: <laughs> all right. Wow. Mm. Which of those ones is it going to be? I think that it is the second one about the psychiatric hospital. I think it's the
0: all girls wrestling team.
2: I'm going to go for the wrestling team as well. I think I like that one. I can reveal, based on now picking up the real Boulder Dash cards and finding it on there, that the answer is an all-girl wrestling tag team travels across America. Yeah, That's a real film. That means points goes to Andrew and Simon and who wrote the thing about a psychiatrist? That would be me. Oh, Whoa. no. All right, moving on to movie number two. Are we good enough producers to give a realistic description of the film? It's Keep your seats, please. (laughs) There's a bomb in the theater it will only go off if the play gets a standing ovation. Can the cast deliberately ruin the second half, but save everyone's lives? (laughs) Or is it a romantic comedy about Gary and Melissa who meet at a puppy obedience school? (laughs) Or, a man about to inherit a fortune tries to find a hidden stash sewn into a chair. <laughs> <laughs> or, Jason wants to fulfill his dreams of competing in the Musical Chairs World Championship to keep his family carpentry business afloat. <laughs> They're so good! But which one is correct? We'll start with you, Andrew. Okay, I think it's the bomb scare one. I thought that was great. I like the idea of a man trying to inherit a fortune, so I'm going to go with that one. I think that it's the bomb scare as well. Alrighty, I picked up the Boulder Dash card. I'm turning it over. I can reveal ha, that a man about to inherit a fortune tries to find a hidden stash sewn into a chair. Oh,
0: sounds like a boring film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that means I get points for guessing the right thing, and both Dylan and Andrew chose my one. Oh my goodness, well played. this is landsliding away. Movie number three is Beware of Children. Is it a zombie outbreak at a nursery gives a whole new meaning to snack time? <laughs> or. Stephen King meets J.M. Barry in this fright of fantasy. Or a lollipop man is confronted by a gang of eighth graders who lock him in an abandoned orphanage. (laughs) I mean, that's quite a hectic thing to do. Or number four, out of control rich kids create havoc at a holiday resort. I think it might
0: be the holiday resort one. Well, I think the same. Well, I don't know who J.M. Barry is. I don't know if you guys know who J.M. Barry is, so... <laughs> yeah, it's the author of Peter Pan. Well, I'm going to go for that one. J.M. Barry, another member of the club with uh, <laughs> two initials and a surname. And I can reveal by looking at the
2: real card that it's an out-of-control rich kids create havoc at a vacation resort. Boo. Ooh, that means Dylan and I got that right. But then who said the J.M. Barry thing? That was me! Hey. Oh, that was Dylan! My first points. So at this stage, after three rounds, Dylan and Andrew are tied with three points each, And I currently have a lot of points. (laughs) We're moving on to movie number four. Hi, honey. I'm dead.
3: (laughs) Great. I have to watch this
2: film, no matter what it is. Is this... A successful businessman dies and is reincarnated as his wife's cleaner. (laughs) Or an offbeat documentary about how Latin became a forgotten language. (laughs) Rick Moranis is back as Mr. Slinsky, only this time he's not just small, he's not alive at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, finally, until death do us part, or is this when the relationship
3: really starts? (laughs) I think that it's going to be the one about the wife's
0: cleaner. He's back as the wife's cleaner. I'm going to immediately jump on board and say, yes, that one sounds true. That one does sound true. But just Are we to,
2: going all three? I think just to make it interesting, I'm going to go for death to us part. I bet you it's Simon's. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I can reveal that the card says, hi, honey, I'm dead is a successful businessman dies and is reincarnated as his wife's house cleaner. Yes. So that means you guys guessed correctly, but then who on earth did the until death do us part thing? That would be me. Sneaky weasel. Oh, yes. I guessed that one because neither of us would probably come up with the phrase his wife's cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, it's all come down to this round. It looks like either myself or Andrew could take this home. Dylan, you (laughs) will have to do a lot to get the points you'll need, but you're still in it. All right, finally, it's girl with an itch. <laughs> is this, famed detective Jenny Eclair thinks she knows who killed the driving instructor, but has to prove it while stuck at home with chickenpox. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Is it, the straight to video sequel to My Girl is the insect horror film you didn't know you needed to see. <laughs> a young magician is accepted by a group of witches because they think she is magical. <laughs> well, finally, A girl lands work at a fruit farm. I'm going to guess the first one. It was long. (laughs) Andrew is guessing that because it was long. I think it's going to be something simple. No, 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 no nonsense. A girl
3: finds work at a fruit farm. It can't be the first one because Jenny Eclair is a... fairly famous um british comedian working today not (laughs) a whatever that detective thing was this is why it's fun to hear you go first (laughs) Um, i think it is the one about the witches girl with an itch i can reveal a girl lands work at a fruit farm
1: wow
2: (laughs) so that's the real one i get two points but who then wrote the chickenpox thing that was me. <laughs> I get another point. Who wrote, the thing about the young magician must me. be Kurt. That was me. That was me. And I can reveal that Dylan has come in last with five points, Andrew just in front of him with seven, and I won with the landslide, 11. But that's probably because i played the game before. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that there was some strategy that I could have been playing there that I certainly didn't.
0: <laughs> this is going to be coming out of slightly left field, but um, I'm a big fan of... Hercule Poirot by Agatha Christie. Um, This is
2: left field. I don't even know how this ties into either of our ones.
0: And that is set... Very much as a period piece, I think, in the nineteen twenties. No, I think Thanks I. And, slash. No, yeah. Uh, yeah no, nice. I was reading
2: it. It was definitely nineteen seventy-seven. And, <laughs> and they were,
0: and they were a lot of hats. And the TV show that I watched had some jazz, which reminds me of Jazz Club, which I've already mentioned. So I can safely say that Dylan, you're getting the point this round. Yay! that brings us on to round three: the sounds. Cinema is not just a visual medium. Songs, scores, and sounds all elevate our movie experience. And counter to that, an act with an incredibly nasal voice or odd cadence while (laughs) speaking can really grind my gears. Hey, you you like Christopher Walken. (laughs) (laughs) What about your fears? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You like Borat. (laughs) (laughs) What about your films do you think will be music to my ears?
2: Simon. So as I mentioned, my movie is set in the 70s, so it's got a bunch of great 70s tracks. One of them is a song that I'm sure everyone in this room has heard and that is escape brackets pina colada song by rupert holmes
0: have you guys heard of that song of course of course
2: yeah have you ever interrogated the lyrics of that song
0: never uh i can tell you exactly what the song's about okay it's about a man who's upset with his relationship (laughs) and he decides to go to the local paper to find love yeah you know to find a lonely in love ad but he's cheeky he's doing this whilst in bed with his current lover which is difficult if you're like looking at the newspaper, like <laughs> on a phone, maybe you can get away with it, <laughs> like actually circling stuff in the newspaper. Maybe she assumed he was doing the crossword. Maybe. Um, and then, you know, he finds someone and he f- yeah. uh, he phones them up or something and they meet at a bar. Yeah. They have shared interests. Yes. <laughs> which we get to in the chorus. Yeah. And it turns out it's his lover. (laughs) What a twist. such a crazy twist. (laughs) And they didn't realize that they loved all of the same things, but they just never did them. I've heard this song play so many times Mm. and I never knew (laughs) that that's what (laughs) it was
2: about. And if you drill into the narrative, it's particularly strange. Yeah. Because, I mean, here he is thinking of cheating on his partner. Yeah she's already decided to cheat on him because she's the one that actually places that in the first place yep. and i just want to read a line from this ad that she posts in the things that she wants to do she wants someone who likes pina coladas someone who likes getting caught in the rain they're not into yoga but here's the one that gets me if you have half a brain yeah. she's <laughs> basically implying the person she's with does not have half a brain and he when he sees her doesn't recall that part of the initial ad and go Hang Hang on It's because he has half a brain (laughs) Anyways, here's my version of that song Oh yeah, I updated it
1: (laughs) I was tired of my lady We've been together too long like a one recording I mean, that's rude Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like a coladas And getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga if you have a brain if you like making love at midnight and the dunes on the cave then i'm the love that you've looked for write to me and escape
2: do you think the song would be as
3: popular if it was do you like penis collages <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you don't win this round, you've definitely won a gig at a wedding somewhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Thank you, Simon.
3: Dylan. All right. Well, I finally chose a film with toe-tapping music and many great songs, Uh unlike last week. He's catching
0: on. But I also realized that this is the perfect
3: and possibly only opportunity to air an idea that Simon and I had actually had many, many years ago. Now fleshed out a little bit more. This is our first and maybe only proper attempt at a parody song. It spoofs one of my favorite songs in this film. And played on one guitar like that Walk Off the Earth band, this is the Snack Bar (laughs) Tango. (laughs) Like, avoid it. Chuck chip quiche butter swissero what's it chuck chip
1: quiche butter
3: swissero what's it chuck (laughs) Chip Quiche Butter Swiss roll What's it? Chuck Chip Quiche Butter Swiss roll What's it? Chuck Chip Quiche Butter. Butter Swiss roll What's it? He had a muffin He had a muffin He only had himself to blame If you'd have been there If you'd have seen it I betcha you would have Chop, he, he had a muffin. He had a muffin. <laughs> he had a muffin. He had a muffin. <laughs> he had mop, all 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 along, all along. All along. I didn't chew he it. Didn't chew it. But if I chewed it, if he chewed it, <laughs> could you tell me that I was wrong?
2: What I like about this is that parodies seem to work better if the person listening to them knows the song. And Andrew's look of confusion right now, he's missing out on the sheer joy
0: that I'm experiencing of hearing that come to fruition. I'm so sorry to live that way completely over my head. (laughs) That's all right. That one was for Simon and the listeners, really. I loved it. Can you give me the context behind it? No. Okay, well, then I can reveal, just from a familiarity perspective, that the point goes to Simon. Yay, but my points go to Dylan, and that's saying a lot, because my gloves are off. It's time for round four, the scenes. Memorable films have memorable scenes moments which etch into your memory and cause visceral reactions upon reflection they might make you laugh make you cry make you scared or make you shout do you know what the top three hated scenes in amazing movies are well here we go number three is django unchained quentin tarantino's cameo yeah, that should be at number one. I'd be very surprised at what two and one are. Okay, well, I, I don't know about that, but let's go to number two. The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Any guesses? to The what whole ending? There? No, it's not the whole ending. It's Oh, with the Eagles. No, it's Frodo's Awakening. It's all blurry and everyone's just laughing maniacally for some reason. <laughs> oh, A yes. Gandalf! Gandalf!
3: Slow motion. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and
0: then number one that's not worse than Tarantino (laughs) number one I have no idea anything to do with this Uh, apparently in Interstellar there's a monologue about Love Transcends time and space (laughs) that's right (laughs)
1: that's
0: bad is that the worst yeah oh there we go Anne Hathaway yes Anne Hathaway that was the picture of the fact that I looked up Well, guys, now that you know that, please describe, in a spoiler-free way, your standout scenes.
3: Dylan. All right, picture the scene. A woman is arrested for suspected murder. She has managed to get the best defense lawyer money can buy, and his mission is to sway the court of public opinion in her direction. What follows is a darkly satirical look at the justice system, the media, who's really in control, law versus entertainment. There are ventriloquist dummies and puppet strings And a chorus you'll be trying to sing faster and faster for years
0: to come. (laughs) At first I thought you were talking about murder, and then it seemed to end up with, what you said, ventriloquist dummies? (laughs) Yes. That's not normally associated with a, a serious case. Um, the ventriloquist dummies often live
3: in a case. Oh, very good. <laughs> oh, he's so got, got an there. answer there. Nice.
2: I was going to say I really like that scene, but my, my gloves are off. So. Okay. Oh, what a horrible scene. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. It sounds intriguing, Simon. Right. Well, our aforementioned brawler goes to get help from a private investigator he beat up the day before, and he approaches this clearly scared private investigator in the bathroom cubicle to enlist his help But as the PI is understandably jumpy, this encounter launches into some fun physical comedy as he tries to keep his gun on the brawler while desperately trying to keep the cubicle door open so he can see where he is, while simultaneously doing his best to keep his goods covered up and not catch a light as he accidentally drops his cigarette into his crotch. It's an amazing <laughs> toilet moment and I know you love a good toilet moment Ker, and it's genuinely
3: from both sets of actors in the scene it's just a tour de force I think you had him all the way until you mentioned uh, the crotch area. <laughs> uh, you know his review of the Suicide Squad didn't favour the um, existence of a crotch yeah but all of us have dropped
2: some sort of flaming something onto our crutches whilst on the toilet and have had <laughs> to <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I mean you have
0: haven't you oh, don't put that on me I know I certainly have what if you not what was the Flaming thing like a Christmas pudding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I didn't drop a Christmas pudding on my Christmas puddings. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you must know. Everyone I don't actually. I don't know if I want
3: to know actually. I'll tell you, Andrew. I don't know. But this
2: is not I'm gonna tell you the story. You're not allowed counting this against me.
3: Okay. Yeah, hey, this think, is on the record. Yeah. Think
2: about the fun, think about the fun scene with the guy <laughs> and he's flustered in the bathroom trying to you know make sure he doesn't get killed, but also trying to cover up. Think about that. No one I'm about to tell you. All right, Kerr, What I do, what many people haven't caught on to yet is you light the toilet paper instead of lighting the match. You know
1: how people
2: light the match to cover up the smell? Uh-uh. Take it a step further. Light some of the toilet paper. It's just really fun. And you know it's not going to cause a huge fire because you just flush the fire away. It's amazing. But one day, I did accidentally uh, drop the match while doing this.
3: Uh, <laughs> and burnt your nethers. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew marionette strings. Yeah. Um, the, at one point, he tries to drink a glass of water whilst uh, you know ventriloquizing. Ooh. That's a word, right? Yeah, but yes. gloves are
2: off, Dylan. I mean, ventriloquist dummies are so freaky and scary. And Andrew thought Suicide Squad was a horror film. He's going to see this scene and see this uncanny valley talking ventriloquist dummy and be like, no. <laughs>
3: Ah, oh, this film manages to escape the uncanny valley in an uncanny way. It uses an actual human as the dummy. Oh my goodness, Simon, you are up against it. I've got answers this round. I've got answers.
2: But imagine Russell Crowe looking into a toilet cubicle with this guy so flustered and, oh, what's happening? And the door's closing on his face and he's awkwardly trying to open it so he can see where he is. And then he he's like, no, no, turn around. And Russell Crowe turns no. around. And he's like, oh, but I can see you in the mirror. Ah! Yeah, I can see your junk for
0: some reason <laughs> against Simon's brain. In these weird films I think we can safely say that I'm much more excited about a courtroom scene with a ventriloquist dummy if it's a person trying to drink water I don't even know Dylan you get the point yes <laughs> finally we find ourselves in the last round the story each story begins with a golden idea a premise an intriguing setup which entices the viewer to watch the film in the first place according to bustle the best love-hate relationship stories in literature are number three Much Ado About Nothing by Billy Shakespeare. Number two, Bridget Jones's Diary. Really? Yep, Be- that's people love two. that film. Yeah, well, It's I mean, a, not me. For these are the best reasons that will become obvious soon, these, <laughs> Dylan. These are the best love hate relationships. I wasn't listening. Fair enough. <laughs> number one, any guesses? It's the big one, Romeo and Juliet. No, no, it rhymes with Bride and Prejudice. Oh, Fly and <laughs> prejudice. <laughs> yeah, Bride and Prejudice. This round is worth three points. What's your story, which will set my imagination alight? Simon. All right, Andrew, a
2: washed up detective, and a brawler. Are hired to find a missing person. I just
0: love how many times you said brawler. He's paid by the word on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well my gloves are off. I'm a bit of a brawler now.
2: It's not a who done it, as much as a where goes it? <laughs> but, <laughs> you know? Like that classic movie genre. Where goes it? You're trying to find the missing person, Andrew. I know you like detectives because you chose Clue a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but you like you you're like, you're probably like, I'm over solving murder mysteries ew murder gross I've already had to see people torn in half in the last movie Simon made just me watch stop reminding me <laughs> I, need, I need a good clean movie where I can watch someone just find a missing person and I love the idea of a new movie genre that Simon
3: just created called Where Goes It so <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: it's a good classic Where Goes It movie <laughs> okay well Dylan?
3: Alright, well, a pair of unlikely acquaintances meet in prison and ride the line between fighting for the spotlight and teaming up to take the entertainment world by storm, if they ever make it out, that is. This film oozes with charm, comedy, suspense, scheming, and music numbers that will stay with you literally forever. Incredible performances from all involved make this a deserved Oscar Award winner for best picture. And what else is left to say but five, six, seven, eight? Ooh. Ooh no, Andrew,
2: but you don't want to spend an hour and a half or two hours in prison. <laughs> oh prison. Oh it's so claustrophobic here in prison. <laughs> I don't even care if my footstapping along Mm. to some memory of a jazz club. It's prison. Jazz club. But imagine being in 1977 Hollywood and solving a crime of a missing
0: person. Where goes it? (laughs) Okay, interesting. I mean... None, none of these are that appealing if, if more than half the movie is in prison. But think of the hats, Andrew.
3: Think of the trench but you're coats. But you are not a lot of hats in prison. <laughs> they drive around. They have establishing shots. In prison? <laughs> establishing shots of prison. There's scenes of outside prison. of prison. John C. Riley's is not in the prison. Yeah, Why not? Remember him? He looks suspicious.
0: <laughs> well, that's just mean. <laughs> Guys, None of these uh, films really appeal to me. Oh, no. Honestly, the only reason that I've made this decision is because I was given more context. And uh, Dylan, you gave me more of a picture of where the film takes place and and, <laughs> and what's a part of the story. And Simon just said, where goes it five times? <laughs> so literally on that point alone, Dylan, you get the points. And that means that Dylan runs away with this episode and wins it. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> commiseration,
2: Simon. Please tell me what movie I didn't choose. Andrew, you lost out in seeing a film starring not just one bird, but two birds. Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, (laughs) starring in this 2016 American action comedy film directed by Shane Black. Remember Shane Black? He did that other film you watched last season. I didn't like that one. Oh, he did some other things that you do like that you haven't seen yet.
0: (laughs) It's The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. Okay. Thank you very much. I will not be watching that. Um, (laughs) Dylan, congratulations. Tell me, what film would I be watching this week?
3: Thank you very much. From IMDb, two death row murderesses develop a fierce rivalry while competing for publicity, celebrity, and a sleazy lawyer's attention. This is 2002's Chicago. 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 No wonder I didn't say where it was set exactly. (laughs) It's the name of the (laughs) film. And for those who are wondering from the first round, it's Renee Zellweger. Not a huge fan in general. She's just brilliant in
0: this and perfect in the role. Great. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us next week in the battle for my movie affections, as well as a report back of how I enjoyed Chicago. If you've yet to watch that film too, you have seven days to join me in my education. Until next week, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.